Hello, Internet. Sykes here. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to ask everybody one simple favor. If you like the podcast and want to know when new episodes are available, please make sure you're connected with Start the Beat on social media. At this point, the show is available on just about every major platform where you can get podcasts, not to mention Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, etc., everywhere. And there's only so much that I can do on my own to keep this ship going. So if you like the show and you want to support, please consider sharing this video with your friends, sharing this audio, leaving a comment in the thread below to keep the conversation going and just be a bigger part of the conversation. I know you people are out there. I see the numbers every week when they're coming in and there's a lot of you. There's a lot more of you than I would expect, but unfortunately the streams and the downloads are just not enough to feed the beast that is the algorithm. So if you support the show, Please consider doing this favor for me. It would mean a lot. really helps keep things going. And yeah, how about I shut up and let's get on with it. Sit back, relax, and let's start the beat. I didn't swear, but I wanted to. Motherfucker! All right, mic check, one, two. Mic check, three, four. We're fucking doing this, buddy. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda and water in the fridge. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Well, cheers with a water. It's a celebration. Who gives a shit? It's a Thursday night. We're keeping it calm. We're old. We're adults. We were just we were just chatting about that before we started recording today. I'm sitting here today with my new friend who I just met probably about three and a half minutes ago downstairs. MC, rapper, hip hop guy, Nooch. Make some noise for the internet, my friend. How's it going? <laughs> How <laughs> you doing, man? You got you it, man. Me. Good to have you here. I really appreciate you coming out. I cannot get my eyes off that fucking watch. That's the nicest watch anyone has ever worn on one of my episodes. Thank you. So I want to give you that. That's a nice watch. The diesel watch. You can pick it up at any Macy's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I, I like watches, but I also have a problem making decisions. So anytime I go to a place where there's a lot of watches, I just get really overwhelmed with decisions and I don't I, buy anything. I do too. I mean, I like this because it's not a Rolly. It, well, it doesn't cost as much as a Rolly, yeah. like a Rolex. And, you know, it's nice. And, you know, people compliment it just like yourself. Yeah, it's a nice looking watch. Do you have a like a, a, a number of watches? Do you have several watches or is that like the watch? This is the watch. I had another the watch and then that one broke. So then okay. I got this one. Nice. <laughs> and it was also a diesel. Okay. All right. So maybe next time I'm at the store, I'll make sure it's a Macy's. Yeah, I'll check out the diesels. Yeah, check them out. Check them out. We'll do. Or or check the website. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do. So, Nooch, you are a rapper. You're from the Pittsburgh area, McKeesport specifically, correct? Correct. Let's talk a little bit about like your background and what you've been doing over like, you've been rapping since what, 2008 or nine, I think I saw in your press kit. Uh, Yeah, like 08, 09, I was like 
you know, just fucking around rapping, you know, just, you know, writing and recording on a rock band mic with a software called Mixcraft in my, in my room. Dude, I fuck with that super heavy because it's all about like using your resources. But I was just doing it for fun. Like there was a couple years where I was just like idle. So like 2008, 2009, like I would write a song here and there, record it and then post it on MySpace. It was, I was like in a little group called Sounds of Madness. It was just me and three other of my boys and we, we were just rapping just for the fuck of it. You yeah. know what I mean? We weren't trying to get famous or nothing. We yeah. were just doing it for the fun of it. You know, just going on like SoundClick and just downloading instrumentals and, you know, they were tagged up. So they were say like the producer's name throughout the whole song. We didn't give a fuck. <laughs> we were just putting that shit out yeah. there. And- yeah. I have a really similar story too, because whenever I started getting into hip hop, it was just me and my friends fucking around in high school because like, I don't know, it just seemed like something to do. That's the same background. <laughs> I'll tell you this though. When I used to smoke weed and like, I would not be able to write. Okay. I would not be able to write. So since I quit weed, it's been like five years since I smoked. I've been able to write, you know what I mean? And I that, came out with three actual albums that, since then. That's really interesting how that plays f- differently for so many people because there's a lot of motherfuckers that I meet that are all like, yo, I got to smoke to get creative, to get yep. that inspiration. Then there's other people like, I'm not a smoker. I've never smoked. I've never been into it. And I just feel like that. I feel like if I put myself, if I were to put myself into that mind frame, that I would completely shut down because I've been operating on a certain way for so long. See, like, well, I'll just, I'll go back to my mind frame when I used to smoke because I don't smoke anymore. It's been five years, like I said. When I smoked, like, all I wanted to do was just sit and play video games. I didn't want to put my mind to work and, like, you know, just just try to create a song. Like, I've tried that and, like, it would I would sit there and, you know, it'd be, like, four hours and, like, I would have, like, one word sure (laughs) sure you know just zoning out and shit like that and yeah no i couldn't do it i have to be sober yeah well hey it's good that you figured that out because now as you mentioned you've been very prolific prolific (laughs) i can't fucking talk prolific in the past five years we'll say and i know that you mentioned already that you've put out a few releases let's talk about where you are right now in terms of what are you working on currently? Well, actually, I'm working on an album called, I'm going to call it Porch Music. Um, originally, I was going to, I was working on Porch Music right after my first release, which was Founders Hall back in 2015, but I shelved it because the stuff that I was recording, I just didn't like how it was coming out. And I just didn't like, I mean, I liked the vibe of how I wanted to do it, but just the way I, I just wasn't ready, basically, sure. more or less than words. Um, I just wasn't ready. So I ended up doing another project with a producer from New Jersey called, his name is Enrichment, called Let's Take Him Back. So that was my second release. Third release I just put out last November, last Black Friday. Um, it's called Springfield. Which, if you if you put two and two together, it, yes, it is like in honor of this. It's like a tribute to The Simpsons because cool. that's like my favorite TV show. So I put out Springfield. That's when it all clicked. 
I figured out my voice. Like if you if you listen to Founders Hall, let's take them back in Springfield. Not only you get three dope albums, you see the progression of myself. Yeah. And Springfield is where it just came all together. And I know where I'm at, know where I need to be. And now I'm ready to tackle porch music. So are you going to be like redoing some of the songs that weren't ready or are you doing no. new stuff? You just kind of keep in the same, just kind of like the vibe and the idea yep. of the project. The vibe and the idea, it's completely all new. Like I think I recorded like two, three songs for porch music back then I, that they're just going to stay in the vault. Okay. Well, I think that what we're talking about now is just like the important journey and the self-realization that I think any artist has to come to terms with at some point, because it's going to, it's like a, I don't know. It's almost like having an ugly kid and then having to admit to yourself that like, yo, my kid's not that cute. Like these songs aren't that good. So I got to do something, you know, about like, just, I got to just put these shelves or put these songs on the shelf as Mm -hmm. if you did and just keep working on shit. And I think it's really cool that, you know, you didn't let yourself, you didn't beat yourself up over it too much. And like you kept grinding instead of being like, these songs aren't where I want to be. I guess I'm not good at this or I guess I can't do this. And then just saying, fuck it. You were just like, you know what I mean? You kept pushing. I think that that's really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, another thing about the songs too is like they were recorded four years ago. Um, a lot of shit's happened. A lot of shit's changed since then. Like, you know, the whole style, like my wordplay and everything. So like, if I were to even put those on as bonus songs, you would see why they're bonus songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that's, that's just where I'm at with it. I'm also working on something too, but I'm not going to go into detail about, (laughs) um, that one. When that's done, I'm just going to drop it. You know, I'm just not going to say anything and there's no no release date nothing i'm just gonna drop it that's not for porch music that's for something else i'm working on with a producer he knows if he listens to this podcast cool it's always it's always good to have a few things in the back pocket and be working on you know people in the public eye Mm -hmm. see you making moves but what they're seeing is stuff that you already did a few months ago and what you're doing while they're seeing that is some other shit that they're not going to see for a few more months or something like that. Like you're always two steps ahead of everyone else. It's really not, important. Usually not really though. Cause like every what? song that I put out, like, you know, like for example, let's go to Springfield. Like I recorded that all from August, 2018 to the end of September, 2018. And then I put it out November, 2018. You know, I just October and November and stuff was just saving up money to like get it, you know, mastered. Like it was mastered by someone really big in the mastering industry. Like he mastered like Dre and Eminem shit. Yeah. Um, so I was just saving up money for that, saving money for cover art, you know, and getting, get my shit on iTunes and stuff because, you know, that costs money too. And, and getting it like promoted by that piff and stuff that costs money. So that's, that's what I was doing in those months. Like, so yeah, in a sense, yeah, it was sitting, but like, it was pretty fresh when, you know, it wasn't sitting like all year, so to say. Yeah. I'm not saying that like things were sitting. I'm just kind of talking more about how like you always want to be working on stuff and like, like how you are right now, like you kind of have, you know, a project that you're working on that we just talked about, like porch music, but you also have something else that you mentioned that you're not okay, going to get into, you, you know I what I mean? You. Just kind of like that stuff that's in the back pocket, like people don't have to know about it, but it's always good to be working on that stuff. So you always, so you keep yourself busy because yeah. a lot of times I've, I've found it, uh, it happens where sometimes you put out an album and it's like, shit, well, what's next? I guess I got to write more stuff, you know? So now I'm always like trying to write, you know, like even, you know, I'll be recording stuff for like a project 
and I got other stuff that I'm already working on that's newer. That's not going to be on that project. It's just I just got to make sure that I just keep writing so I always know what's happening next. You know what I mean? Absolutely. With So we mentioned MySpace. Yeah. All right. So you, I mean, even though it was a humble beginnings, you probably weren't like too serious about things back then, but Mm -hmm. you remember MySpace. I do. You're old enough to remember MySpace. So you've gone through all of these crazy transitions of social media and trying Mm -hmm. to promote music. How has that been for you over the years? What has like become easier and what has become harder? Do you think? Well, I mean, Twitter is like, I mean, I've had that since 2009. I'll say the easiest is Instagram because, like, it's, it, it's you know, I can put a post up and do a couple hashtags, and those hashtags, you know, will, like, trend and, you know, and just uh, get, get likes and stuff and get people to come and view and stuff like that. Twitter is getting harder over the years, but I still like Twitter because that's how I get in contact with, like, people. Like, because most people have their, like, business information or emails and stuff yeah. in their bios, and that's how I get a hold of them. Yeah, I have not a very like strong relationship with a Twitter. I've had a Twitter forever and I tr- I post on it regularly, but I don't like fuck with it too much. But I will say that anytime I've like needed to try to get a hold of somebody or just accidentally got into a communication with like somebody that I look up to or another artist or a producer or something, mm-hmm. it's always through Twitter. For some reason, it's yep. really easy to like get a hold of people Super on there. Easy. I guess just That's because it, it. it's not, it's not a, it's not uh, bogged down as much as like Instagram or yeah. other other platforms like yeah. that. With your music, how do you find uh, pushing the music itself now? With like, I mean, obviously you started okay, like CDs were a thing, mm-hmm. and CDs are still kind of a thing, but not really. CDs are getting actually more worth the value now. You think so? I think so because I mean. Back in the day, like you, it was hard, hard for selling CDs, like, you know, 10 a pop and stuff like that. But now CDs are like almost in a sense, they're starting to become like vinyl records in a sense, you know, like people want that shit. So like you can up the value and sell a CD for $20. I know you remember back in the day, probably like back in the day when you go buy like a new CD or something, it used to be like almost $20. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like going to FYE or Best Buy, that shit was like eighteen ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine. you know, basically a 20. Well, I think that's coming around, but it's more of like a novelty item than it is like getting your music out there. I mean, obviously the streaming sites is where you have to do it now. And that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. I just, I find that it's, there's something that's so lame about, the streaming shit because back in the day playing shows um if somebody fucked with what i was doing they would buy a cd and that was easy and now a lot of the times if people fuck with me they'll be like yo you on spotify and i'm like yeah but i have no idea if they're actually ever gonna look me up it's not like i could be like yeah i'm on there let me go on that go on that shit right now and let me see you follow me on Spotify (laughs) because you know, it's like, they're going to, there's a good chance that they're going to forget. Meanwhile, if they, you know, spent that 10 bucks on that CD, 15 bucks or whatever, they're not going to forget because now they're taking something home with them. And that's what really like bothers me. Like as an independent artist, it bothers me. It's like, I don't even give a shit about the money. I just don't want you to forget about me. Right. So I'm just like trying to give people like stickers or cards like, yo, like 
don't forget, you know, but there's even like the value on that, the value on something that you give somebody for free versus what they paid 10 bucks for, you know, mm-hmm. they, they still might forget about it. Yeah. But it's so hard. It very, it really is. I mean, I completely agree with you on that subject. I'd rather give my, sell my merch or give it out or whatever. Cause they're going to remember that they're going to be like, Hey, yeah, I remember like back in the day, like pushing mixtapes out in malls and shit. Like, I mean, I was on, I Kate, when I started coming in the music industry, that was like the very end of like that shit. You know, yeah, it was right before the stream. No, there aren't even motherfuckers at the mall. Period. No, and that's sad <laughs> yeah. because I'm a mall rat. I yeah. love the mall. Same, same, same. What was your mall growing up? Century Three or Century Monroeville? 3? Yeah, I was a Monroeville kid. Yeah, yeah, that that was my spot. I, I mean, I liked Century Three in Monroeville, and it was always a treat to go out the Westmoreland Mall and check <laughs> that out. It was always a treat, but man, I mean, sadly, obviously, Century Three's dead. Yeah. Um, Monroeville is well on its way to becoming Century 3. And same with Westmoreland Mall. It's very sad because those are like my malls growing up. Like yeah. everyone goes to Ross Park or South Park or Robinson. And uh-huh. I like those malls. Yeah. Like they're just too upscale for me. Yeah. The mall feels weird. I haven't been to Monroeville in a minute, but I was out at, I think it was Ross Park somewhat recently. Mm-hmm. I don't remember why. I don't know. We were like going on vacation. We needed something. But yeah. Uh, it was weird. It just felt weird being at the mall. It just felt there's something off about it. I don't know. Those malls feel something off when that when you go to those, it's just like you feel like you don't belong there. I feel sure because I mean, I got growing up in McKeesport. You know, I mean, growing up in the ghetto and shit like that. Yeah, I understand you know? that. So like that's like the high scale mall. Like you just kind of feel out of place. I always did. You know, it's, everyone's different, but that's just how I felt. It's completely understandable. So. Digging into McKeesport and coming up in the hip hop scene, when it came to performing and playing shows, what was that transition for you like being in like a suburb of Pittsburgh and not being like in the city? I mean, it really wasn't much. I mean, my first show I ever did was in Homewood Coliseum. Okay. Um, and then my second show is Rex Theater. Third was uh, Club Diesel. Uh, fourth show was a, co- a place uh, in McKeesport called the Rue Bar and Grill. Cool. Um, I did a couple shows so, there actually. Like when you were getting getting into doing shows, how did you go about like finding out about the shows? Because I find that that's something that a lot of people struggle with unless they have like some contacts or already know people that are doing shows. Did you already know people that were in it? Um, or were you just like nebby on the internet nebby on the internet definitely <laughs> like how i got on to my first show in homewood um i found out there was an artist with uh gucci man brick brick squad his name was woo the kid i was a big fan of him at the time um he was coming to do a show at homewood so i contacted the person that was hosting that show and i was like yo i want to get on this show and you know it actually turned out to be a beneficial uh, benefits like concert in a sense for actually the show host's uh, daughter who had cancer. Okay. So in a sense, I kind of paid to perform, but it was worth it in a sense because it was going to a good cost. Like he gave me tickets to sell and I sold tickets and, you know, yeah. and then, you know, had, you know how that goes. Yeah. I mean, it probably wasn't that hard for you to move some tickets considering it was your first show. It was only Not you, at all. Yeah, you probably know some people that want to come see you. So. Yeah, absolutely. I still remember that very vaguely. And then spe- and especially with the Rex Theater one, because that was like, you know, like in a sense, that was like the first like official show. Like, you know, it was at an official venue, you know, it wasn't yeah. at Homewood Coliseum, it was at the Rex Theater. 
So like those those tickets were easy to move to. Yeah. Now moving forward, I mean, you mentioned that you played a, pl- a place in McKeesport, and yes. I don't know anything about this place, but I'm going to assume it's a little bit different than the Rex Theater yeah. in terms of setup and things like that. Have you have you found or any struggle with like trying to perform in some places that don't typically host shows being a rap artist, or do you find it's like you've been okay? I mean. It's the same to me. I mean, obviously, there's there's a big difference from, you know, looking over to people and being eye level with the people. Yeah. Um, so, like, looking over to people, that shit is awesome. I'll, I'll definitely say that. But, you know, being eye level to people, I feel like that's more, like, cultural. Like, you know, like, back in the day, like, hip-hop shows, you know, just picture yourself at a hip-hop show. Like, picture a young, like, Jay-Z or Biggie or something like that and, like, a you know, in the back of like a clothing shop or something like that where they're hosting a hip hop thing and you yeah. know, they're just in the back spitting and they're eye level with the people. Like I just picture it like that and that, you know, that's hip hop to me. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. My, so I love playing big venues mm-hmm. because I love big sound, mm-hmm. especially, you know, we're fucking hip hop. I want those fucking drums to slap. I want to feel the bass. I want a room with subs. Like, you know, it just sounds better than sometimes if you're in a smaller space that has a smaller setup and like, it sounds all right, but you know, it's not like fucking banging. Right. Yeah. But I don't like how sometimes on a bigger stage, how disconnected you are from the audience. I don't like feeling like, you know, I'm like an animal in a zoo and everybody's like watching me on a stage perform, you know what I mean? I like being in the crowd with everybody. I like, so my dream venue would be somewhere where I could play on the floor, like, and be in everybody's face, but it be as loud as somewhere like the Rex Theater. Like I want, I want the both. Like I want it to be super intense and I want you to fucking feel it, but I want to be in there with people too. I would love that. I'm sure it's out there, but yeah. it's just staying here. <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, you know, I guess, you know, playing shows and uh, moving forward, I know you have a show coming up, don't you? I did, but I actually, okay. had, <laughs> I did, but I actually had to pull out of that. Okay, sorry to hear that. Man. Yeah, unfortunately, I, some circumstances popped up where I had to pull out of the show, um, unfortunately. And um, hey, it happens. If any fans are listening, my apologies and stuff because you know I was really looking forward to this show. It was opening up for the legendary Far Side. You know okay, what I mean? Yeah. Um, but unfortunately I had to pull out some personal reasons, but I, I apologize. I'll be back on the stage soon. I promise you that sooner than later. Yeah, it's all good. So nothing else on the books right now. Um, we have some things that are like, you know, up in the air, yeah. but you know, we're, we're still trying to get final. It's a, final it's, it's a hard time of year to be doing shit. I try to like around the end of the year, this is when I try to like really grind in the studio re- recording and stuff like that. Cause oh, this yeah. time of year, it's so hard to get people to come out to shows the closer you get to the holidays. Mm-hmm. And also like, I want to fucking just chill. It's like, nobody wants to come out to shows cause they're just trying to chill. And See, it's like, why the fuck don't I just chill yeah, too? God yeah. damn. Yeah, see, the fall fall time to me is the most wonderful time of the year because it's so beautiful out. That's just like, and then I just, oh, I love it. I love it because like that's that's rap season to me. That's when I can sit down and write. Yeah, you know? I, I I I couldn't agree more. I just love I love that time of the year. Now winter winter is more of like how you said, like going to the studio and stuff like that. Unless it's you know there's ten feet of snow outside. Yeah, yeah. And then like spring, spring and su- summer is always the best time to have a show um i i agree and then spring too early spring yeah or spring i like to say is a good time to put out an album 
Yeah, definitely. I put out my last album, uh, similar to you. It was last November. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was just a bad move. I don't know. It just didn't feel right. How did, how did you feel like you did releasing on Black Friday? See, I, 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 want, I thought I would do very well. I thought, you know, like I'm going to put it out on Black Friday, you know, people were going to be out buying stuff like that, you know, but unfortunately what happened was is it didn't come out like on Apple or Spotify or nothing on the 23rd. It actually came out uh, on the 27th. So okay. it was on that piff on the 23rd and you were able to download it for free and stuff like that. So that kind of, you know, screwed me over a little bit. I was going to cuss right there. I don't know if we can cuss. You can on cuss. The show. Okay. Well, yeah, that fucked me over. <laughs> that fucked me over. Yeah. You know, because everyone's downloading it for free. And then when it's on the streaming sites and stuff, they're like, oh, yeah, well, I'll listen to it. And they just never get around to it because they already downloaded it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then plus when I bought, uh, when I got the hard copies made, that was a tough, that's a tough sell. That was a tough sell too. Yeah. So like it kind of, I thought, and, in the eyes, like it looked like it was going to be good, but it ended up backfiring on me. So, I mean, it is what it is. You live and learn. I'm thinking about doing something on my next release. And like, this probably isn't something that like, actually, you know, I don't give a shit. I'll talk about it. If somebody wants to take this idea and run with it before me, that's totally fine. Because if you do it and it doesn't work, then I know that not to do it, but what I'm thinking about on my next release, like legitimately thinking about this is I'm thinking about recording a full album Mm -hmm. and I'm going to release the physical copy. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to online, I'm going to release the songs like once every other week or something like that. So like the album will be out. If you come to a show, you can get the full album. But in terms of releasing it online, because it's going to be a different community. It's like it'll be like a world release online. And then like there's like the local Pittsburgh release. Right. Mm-hmm. So locally, you can come to a show. You can get the whole CD if you want to hear it. But in terms of the rest of the world, I'll just be releasing one song every other week. So it's just like the steady promotion of new shit. Yeah. Something new every other week or something like that. And if it's 12 tracks, you know, that's. I can't do the math in my head, but that's a few months of promotion for all new shit instead of being like, here's an album and then it's done. And then I'm just promoting the same album over and over and over again. You right, know? right, right. You know, so that's what I'm thinking about doing. Um, actually, what I was going to do at Porch Music is it's actually funny. Um, I'm just good. I'm not um, I'm not going to put it on Spotify. I mean, I may put it on Spotify, but I'm only going to put the singles on Spotify and stuff like that, you know, et cetera. When I say Spotify, I mean in like Apple, D, yeah, yeah, yeah. all, all that title. I'm only going to put the singles out and shoot mu- music sure. videos for the singles. But like, as far as the album goes, I'm only just going to drop it physical copy. Okay. That's, that's how I'm doing it. Yeah. I think that there's, so I noticed something with, you know, the past few things that I've put out where, and I mean, this isn't even just with my rap chicks. I have a couple different projects that aren't rap too. Yeah. And, I noticed, you know, you got a 12-track release or something like that. No matter what, it's always like, you know, the it's the beginning of the album always has a good mm-hmm. amount of listens. And then towards the end, it doesn't have it. And I don't think it's so much because, oh, like, you know, this shit's whack. I think it's just people only have like 20 minutes to listen to something at once. You know what it's I mean? They're like, the attention span. Yeah, they're driving from here to there. And if it's on their phone, that's another thing that I fucking hate about mm-hmm. the phones and shit. Because it's like, oh, okay, well, I have... 
20 minutes, I'm driving to Giant Eagle or some shit. Mm -hmm. And then they go in the Giant Eagle, they unplug their phone, then they get some text messages, and then they get back in the car. It's not like they're going to go back into Spotify and pick up where they left off. No. Whereas if it was a CD, you know, it kind of, it stays where it was and they get back in and there it is again. There's like little shit like that is what really bugs me about streaming. But I mean, I stream, I like streaming music. I think it's awesome to not have to, uh, remember to download mp3s onto some weird device anymore like i used to just to do with my ipod and shit like see, that i miss or, that see I'm, yeah. I'm completely opposite i i don't like the streaming shit i mean it is what it is and i just deal with it but if it were up to me i'd i'd rather put it on a i'd rather uh, go on limewire and get that shit for free put it on a blank disc and throw it in my cd yeah. player or uh put it on my ipod yeah it's just like in it's like, I like the convenience, but it also, the convenience is too convenient because mm-hmm. now like I have a group chat with my band online and we have a little thread where we share new music that we found with each other. And it would kind of like be like back in high school where someone's like, yo, I got this CD. You got to check this out. Or like, yo, like uh fucking, you know, I was able to like tape this song on the radio. Did you hear it yet? And like play you it. Right. But like you're sitting there and they show it to you, but now you share links. Mm-hmm. But the problem with the link is you could check it out whenever you want, which is convenient. But what ends up happening is I never fucking open that you link. Never open the link. <laughs> I never <Yep>. fucking check <clears throat> it out. Absolutely, I get it. Instead of like you know just be like being like somebody handing me a burn CD or something that feels like again back to that conversation where you if you hand somebody something physical it's like it encourages you to engage with it. I'll always be a fan of physical shit. Honestly, like if I can't get a physical copy from you, then I don't want it. Yeah, like that's how I am with like other local artists and stuff. I mean, I'll listen, I'll listen to, oh, well, that's a, hold on, that's a lie, because I'll still listen to, I'll still listen to you, but if I can't get a physical copy, like, I'm not gonna, you know, every time you put out a song, I'm not gonna, you know, check you out, like, if if I can't get a physical, then. Yeah, it's so hard, that the other thing, too, is, like, most of the time, you know, I'm checking fucking Facebook or Instagram or something at times when I shouldn't, you know what I mean, like, I got a couple minutes at work, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, you know, bathroom break, or like, oh, okay, long red light. And all this shit. And those aren't, it's like, oh, fucking Newt's dropped a new track. But like, I'm walking across the street right now. I don't got my headphones. I'll have to check that out later. Mm -hmm. I won't. I'll completely forget that it existed because now by the next time I open up my phone, there's 5,000 other fucking things. You know, I'm seeing what fucking Sarah had for lunch and fucking (laughs) Jeff's new workout routine and fucking, you know, Amber's fucking yoga pants and all, you know, whatever, all this random shit on my phone mixed in with everybody's music shit. That's the (laughs) other thing that bums me out too, is that like now I remember with back on MySpace, we had MySpace and then we had MySpace music. Mm -hmm. So if anybody was interested in music, they had a place where they could go and Mm -hmm. check out music. And we still have sites that are like that, but they don't have the amount of people on them that MySpace did. It's such a small demographic. So now we have, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook to some degree, and that's everything. People go there for everything. So music's just like the smallest sliver. Yes. You know what I mean? And like when fucking, if, uh, you know, Post Malone puts out something new, it's in the same fucking place where your thing's going to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fucking 21 Pilots puts out something new. Katy Perry, I don't fucking know, whatever pop star yep. you want to say. All that shit, they're using the same fucking thing that we are. Yep. It's like, how the fuck are we supposed to compete with that? It's crazy. I have no answer. I mean, I don't really think it's supposed to be a competition, but just in terms of like attention. Yeah. It's like all it is. You're just trying to get people's attention. You're trying to get people to remember you, which again goes back to that giving something somebody physical. That's the battle. It's not even like, 
making somebody like you or trying to make money. It's just, you need to get people's attention and then you just want them to at least just remember who the fuck you are. Like even getting that anymore is so fucking, it's a struggle. It is. It is. Especially for like you and I who, who actually love and crave that shit. I mean, I think that there's, I mean, there's a lot of people that are super passionate about finding music, people that are in the music, but it's just, it's, it's a, it's a very small demographic and they're so, they're so spread out. So just finding those people, finding your audience mm-hmm. takes a lot of time. It's super hard. What also, what also uh, hurts us too is like uh, paying for views and plays and stuff sure. like that. that. That shit sucks. I'll never do that. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather get like 107 or, you know, like 500 plays and know that they're all organic, like 500 actually pe- actual people listen to that track than like pay like however much and oh, get yeah. like uh, 25,000 views. Oh yeah. From it's bots. all, it's all bullshit. That's the thing that like really rubs me the wrong way. A lot of the time, um, you know, I have friends that are talking about like, oh, there's this new artist, uh, you know, check this out. This fucking video already has a million plays. I'm like, I don't give a shit how many plays it has. It's like all that's telling me is that that artist has enough money to throw at. I guarantee you at least 50% of those plays were probably bought and paid for. Mm-hmm. And we and know then, that's sad though. And then the thing that's fucked up, well, we might be about to say the same thing, but what I'm about to say is that because it has a high number, more people are going to want to watch it. Yep. And same with the record labels. They're going to look at those plays and say, oh, he has a million plays. Uh, he has a thousand plays. Now, obviously, the guy with a thousand plays may have better music and better quality music. But the guy with a million plays is going to get looked at and talked to by the record. Oh, uh, yeah. The executives. Yeah, you know I get it. I mean? It's like. All the Popularity time. contest. I get fucking you know, like press kits emailed to me all the time. And because for, for some fucking reason, there's all these people that like think that I do like a completely different job than what I do. There's a lot of people that like email me and think that I like have a blog and like just think that I'm going to promote their out of town band shows on my blog. I'm like, bro, I don't have a blog. I got a <laughs> podcast. Like if you want to come through when you're in town, we can talk. But like. But they're emailing me press kits and it's like there's hardly even anything about their music anymore. It's just like, oh, you know, this fucking this indie rock band has garnered over, you know, total 4,500 million streams on Facebook and YouTube. And it's like the first thing that they say is like, I don't give a fuck how many people listen to your music. Is it good? Tell me about it. I don't care. The numbers don't matter to me, but those numbers do like really attract a lot of people. And it's crazy that like not people still don't understand that you can just buy that shit. You just promote that shit. It's fake. Mm -hmm. It's super fake. Absolutely. I don't know. I don't, it's everything's kind of fake now though. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like a buying, uh, buying YouTube fuse is like, uh, the rappers uh snapchat filter mm-hmm. <laughs> for like you know making themselves look prettier mm-hmm. in a way you know what i mean like you know uh there's a lot of uh instagram girls i guess that have their 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 little cute things that they do mm-hmm. and what rappers do is you know fudge their numbers to make it look like they're more popular than they absolutely. are absolutely <laughs> absolutely they'll have like 27,000 followers on instagram and 50,000 <laughs> followers on uh on Spotify, you know, yeah, uh, fifty thousand followers on uh, Spotify and stuff like that, and fifty thousand plays in their views. But then you go look at like 
I guarantee you, like, their numbers when they drop albums and shit, like, it's probably still the same as, like, if you or I were to drop an album. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. And the other thing, too, that's fucked like up makeup. about that, too, is a lot of that also, because there's a whole other part of this conversation involving algorithms and the way that these social media platforms distribute content out to people now. I remember there used to be a lot of talk about like, oh, you got to post at this time of the day to reach the most amount of people and that kind of shit. You ever hear that? I have. I have. Same with like uh, releasing albums and stuff. They say releasing albums in like the end, the fourth quarter of the year is like bad. Yeah. And the best is releases uh, like uh, the second or third, which is spring and summer. But now like you ever pay attention to like your Instagram feed and like, it's not, it's not, you don't get shit in order anymore. Like from, it's like not in real time. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'll be seeing, there's people whose posts I don't see at all. And then there's people where it'll keep showing me the same fucking two or three posts from like a week ago. Yeah. And I'm like, what the, like, are people seeing my shit in the fucked up way that I'm seeing everybody else's shit? I'm guessing mm-hmm. because now it's like, I notice it like where like, I'll just be getting random ass likes on shit where it's like, Oh, something that I posted like four fucking days ago. Yep. It's not like, I don't think there's somebody that's just like clicking on my profile and scrolling through my shit. I just no. think that like Instagram is, um, they're distributing the shit all fucked up mm-hmm. and they're only showing it to like certain people that like engage with you so much or like people that you engage with. So I think that that's another issue too when you have even bigger artists that are putting out content where like you're seeing lower numbers compared to what they put out because it's, they're dealing with the same distribution issues with Instagram or Twitter or whatever that we are, which is interesting. You know, I, and I don't, I don't understand fully how it works to be completely honest with you. I don't want to understand fully how it works. Like I got into all this shit because like, yo, I wanted to like rap. I wanted to make beats. I wanted to play shows. That's what I like. I like doing the creative shit. I don't want to be, even though I like fuck with like being business minded. Like I don't want to know about like social media numbers. I don't want to know what the fuck algorithms are. I don't give a fuck about any of this stuff. Like I just fuck with making music. I just want to do art. But now in 2019, soon to be 2020, you can't just be a rapper anymore. You got to be fucking everything. You got to wear every goddamn hat there is. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my boy Mike Hitt said this a long time ago, and I bring it up a good bit, but, like, it just it fucked with me so hard when he said it because he was just talking about, like, you know, it was, like, me and he's another uh, producer, MC in the city. and I know who he is. Shout out Mike Hitt. Yeah, he's been he's been grinding for a real long time, and I've known that dude, you know, pretty much. is Like, we got our, our come up together, like, doing, like, beat battles at the Shadow Lounge and shit like oh, that. Oh, man, and, Shadow um, Lounge. I and, wish uh, I was around for that. Uh, he's a super good dude, but we were talking about this and how, you know, both of us, we got our start just, you know, making beats, rapping. And, like, we spent a long-ass time doing this shit. And then... A decade flies by, right? 10 years later, then all of a sudden we realize, okay, now we got to get good at being business shit. And it's like, fuck, we just spent the past fucking 10 years in school. You know what I mean? We're, we're like doctors of making beats now. I don't got another fucking 10 years to learn how to be a business person. You know what I mean? I don't want to fucking do that. But mm-hmm. now here we are. It's probably been about five years since he said that to me. So I'm getting better at learning all this shit, but I'm still very bitter about it. Like, yeah. I just want to fucking make beats. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you got the easy, I mean, making beats is hard. So I, I commend you on that. I want to learn how to make beats. 
you know, because I would love to, you know, produce my own shit. Um, I've been around the ropes, like Jer- Big Germ, he showed me yeah. a couple things. And uh, Tony Diggs, he showed me a couple things. This other this other guy I work with, uh, Big Andy, uh, he showed me a couple things. But, you know, like I need to sit down and have like one of those three guys like over my shoulder, like, okay, now hit this button. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not impossible. There's a lot of people that do it and it's easier than ever to do this shit now. I mean, you could download apps on your fucking phone mm. and learn the basics you know what I mean? You don't need to get a fucking MPC or like a machine or any other of these other fucking fancy things that exist now. I mean, like you could just fucking download some fucking software on your phone and at least learn the basics of sequencing drums and, you know, figuring out how to play it, put some sounds in and samples and shit like that. Uh, if you're into it, you know what I mean? I would definitely pursue it, but that's, I started, I was doing beats before I was rapping mm-hmm. and, uh, the rapping thing, like I never, when I originally started making music, I just wanted to make music. And, uh, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it could be a really long story. I don't want to get into it because this is your interview, not mine. But, uh, you know, I just, it just happened that I started making rap beats and my friends were rapping and I was like, this is fun. So I started like rapping as a joke. And then I found out about like, cause at the time, like the only hip hop I was aware of was like, you know, shit that was on MTV. I wasn't aware of like underground shit. Mm-hmm. And then like through like friends that I had and like the graffiti world and all this shit, I started learning out about uh, like a lot of underground dudes and stuff that like related to me. I felt like it's, it actually spoke to me, you know I mean? Listening to like, listening to tracks about like graffiti and like skateboarding oh. and like, you know, video games, like finding the rappers that were talking about that shit, not like the cash cars, money, girl stuff, which is cool. Yeah. I, I, I like that stuff too, but like finding something that really re- connected with me on a personal level made me actually like, Oh, like, okay. Like I really fuck with hip hop mm-hmm. at this point. Oh, I love uh, See, that's, that's where I put my music into the underground. Like how you just described like the skateboarding, the graffiti vibes like that, just that real <laughs> raw hip hop. That's the cool thing. And we actually didn't touch on this at all about like the style of music that you do and the era that you're doing it. Because it's very not uh, it's not modern, Mm-mm. but it's not also it's not old school either. It's just very, I guess I don't know how to put it. You know what I mean? I guess it's sort of sort of boom bap, sort of dirty, sort of just uh, I don't know how would you put it and to me? Because like for me, it sounds like hip hop. Mm-hmm. And when I listen to a lot of stuff that I hear today that people say is hip hop or rap, I'm like, that doesn't even sound like rap to me anymore. It just sounds like mumble pop, mumble pop. And like, I don't have a problem with it, but it's so weird to me just because it doesn't sound like what I know mm-hmm. to be hip hop. So when people call it hip hop, I'm like, it's strange. I guess you can call it whatever you want. But when I think hip hop, I think like what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I love that culture. Like, it's just, it's a culture. Like you got to, obviously the real know what hip hop is like, you know, obviously I know, like, it's just, it's an art, it's a form of art. Like it's, it's an art. Like, uh, the way I look at it is, is like, we're poets. We're street poets. Yeah. And, and we paint, paint a very vivid picture. Like we could put you like, you know, I could write a song about, you know, about little five-year-old Stewie or something like that, you know, walking in seeing his, you know, saying, say like he walks in and like you know and go fast forward five years later he's on the corner selling drugs like sure you know what i mean like i could write that you know and it'd be a very vivid picture like you would feel like you are that person 
You know what I mean? That's just how I like to do it. Like, I feel like it's more of an old school 90s vibe in a sense, you know. Um, but it's also like real grimy and gritty. Um, that's that's kind of like my style. I found that style, actually. Yeah, I, f- I feel like the stuff that I heard of yours, it was, it sounded like, I guess, it, you know, it had like a classic feel, but with very modern production. Mm-hmm. Like it sounded current. Like it doesn't sound like it's recorded poorly Mm-mm. or, you know, where there's like a lot of like old school rap stuff. It kind of, there's like sloppy sample chops and things like that. Yeah. Like it gives it like that, like that cool, like super grimy vibe, but like your stuff doesn't have that. So it doesn't sound old in the sense it has a very modern, clean production, but mm-hmm. still has that feel of a classic hip hop feel. And like right. very good, clean, direct vocals, good mixes and stuff like that. A lot of like, that's the funny thing about a lot of like old school stuff. Sometimes when you hear it, like, it's just like the mixes are bad, but it's like tight too. At the mm-hmm. same time, it's like, you know, there was just like some grimy dudes in a grimy room somewhere in like Brooklyn or in Venice Beach or something like that. Just fucking using like their limited resources to put something together. And right. that's beautiful. It's beautiful. Right, right. No, no. I recorded all of that. I, 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 I believe you're talking about Springfield. Am I correct? I'm not sure. I watched uh, whatever stuff you had videos for that okay. was on the press kit that you sent me. Okay. I think I watched like three or four videos. So okay. It was probably like a mix of stuff. I'm okay. Say. So then that was from my second album and my third album, which would be Let's Take Them Back in Springfield. Um, Let's Take Them Back. They were actually both recorded at ID Labs. I record there. Okay, cool. Um, they were all recorded by Big Germ. Um, I'm sure you know of him or whatever. Yeah, Welcome yeah, yeah. That, that's a name that I know. I don't think I've ever met him in person. Uh, it's kind of funny actually, because like for as long as I've been doing like rap shit, I'm pretty disconnected from a lot of rap stuff, uh, and rap people. I don't know. I just like my, like, I'm not like in terms of like producers, I would say, because I've always been making my own beats Mm -hmm. and shit like that. So when it comes to like the studios like idea labs those are names that i know but i've never been there a lot of producers i've never met yeah a lot of artists i know but when it comes to like people that are always like behind the board and shit like that i yeah. haven't i haven't connected with a whole lot of them yeah i, I so i got i went to id to record both of those um the third the uh springfield got mastered by a completely different person like i sent that out to a dude that lives out in cali like i said he yeah. he mastered like eminem 50 cent like shit like that um so that's probably why you feel like it's it's a very clean done well album or whatever and then like the other stuff it was like you know it was mixed and mastered by big germ so it was mixed and ma- i like I like doing it with different people because I feel like you get a better feel and a better uh, vibe from it. Yeah. Than yeah. The same person. That's it's I, I, I mean, I've always done my own production. I've recorded some stuff with other people just because sometimes it's hard to record your own vocals. Yes. It's really hard. Very hard. You know, and That's I mean, why I started like, getting to the studio. Doing like something like, you know, like, yo, this is my take. And then I got to go over here. And then I got to like put my brain into engineer mode and then back into performer mode. And like you're switching back and forth. It's like really hard to focus. See, there's some people out there that can do that. And sure. shout, out, shout out to them. You know yeah. what I mean? That they're, you know, there's people that are out there engineering, producing and rapping, just like how you just said yeah, you I mean, kind of do. Yeah, I could do it. But my la- the last album that we put out, in November, that one, that album, I recorded, engineered, produced, mixed, mastered everything. I mm-hmm. did the entire thing. 
and I can do it. I don't, I don't have a problem with it, but it's nice if I do have that extra money or that extra time or some, you know what I mean? To actually just record with somebody else. That way I could just like get in the zone and just focus on performances. Right. See, like when I first started rapping, like back in 08 or 09, that's what I was doing. (laughs) Just fucking around on a computer, stuff like that. But, um, I realized like, look, like if I wanted to take this shit seriously, I can't be doing this on no damn rock band mic and yeah. and the software I had and you know just recording in, in in my room in my grandparents' house. Like I need to go to an actual studio and get shit done. So that's what I did, and yeah, here we are. Yeah, I mean it's cool that you were able to like you know find those people, make those connections, and make it happen. Because there's you know for for whatever reason there's some people that aren't able to pick up their phone and Google recording studio in Pittsburgh and find out where to record some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that's how you found ID labs. I'm just no, saying, no, like, that's I'm, not how I found it. I'm just saying like in general, you know what I mean? Like people that don't have the resources that don't even take the time to just research it. Yeah. You know, we got a, got a wealth of knowledge at our fingertips where you can make anything happen. You can learn about anything mm-hmm. and then people will just complain that nothing's going on or things aren't working out for them instead of looking for the thing that they're looking for. Right. Right. It's fucked right. up. It is. It's very fucked up. I get that. I mean, eh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so moving forward then, you know what I mean? You got a project coming up. I guess there's, you're still working on this. There's probably no tentative release date for porch music. Right? No, no. Yeah. This if, is- I ha- if I had to, if I had to say probably, obviously the porch music summer, summer, maybe I wanted to put it out this summer, but you know, I just, didn't feel like it was right or i mean i was well i got all the beats you know and just writing and stuff but it's just hard you know just trying to um get it all together and stuff yeah know? no it, it takes time and i think that it's important to allow ourselves to take that time to put out a good product versus rushing, rushing something just to get it out yep, yep. You know what that's I mean? exactly how I've, i'd rather take two years to put out a project than just rush something out and try to get out and push out as many projects as I can. Yeah. Like I said, I'm working on a little secret project right now with a with a producer here from Berg. I mean, I'm going to drop that first. Okay. And then and then I'll work focus more on porch music. This is more or less like just to kind of get in my zone and just really just talk my shit, you know? What okay. I mean, just a real gritty <laughs> gritty hip-hop like yeah you, you would definitely fuck with it and uh, you'll be the first to hear it oh thanks i appreciate that no doubt. i'll have to shoot you some of the new stuff too that that we're working on we were actually we were recording earlier today so i'm pretty stoked on that absolutely uh, just uh yeah trying to get this new shit together it's funny because just, again just how long shit takes you don't even realize it like so we i demoed so i had this track that i did and uh like the, all the we did the music for it and uh i did my i'd laid down demo vocals on it uh, a couple of days ago and i have a a girl that's like so with the, with my rap shit i have a band yeah um so i have a girl that sings with me who's basically like my like my hype woman mm-hmm. slash she like sings pretty shit and like you know does hooks and shit like that yeah yeah um so um I tracked my stuff and then we tracked some stuff for her today. And I noticed that like I had finished the music for the track back in May. And I'm like, fuck, it's already October. Mm -hmm. Like that was five months ago. Yeah. Like time flies. I just keep thinking like, oh yeah, like we're working on this stuff. We're getting so much stuff done. And, 
but still it's like shit. Like it's been six months already and it's almost been a year since we dropped the project. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we haven't been doing nothing. It's just wild when, you know, you think, okay, it's been a year, but realistically it's like, okay, I maybe get, you know, a couple hours a day to maybe focus on this if yes. I'm lucky, yeah. you know what I mean? And when I'm working with other people, like I got other people in the band, I got maybe one day a week to get together with them to mm-hmm. try to record and write and shit like that. So, you know, it's like if you actually put together all the time that you're actually working on stuff versus uh, how long it actually was like on the calendar, it would be so much smaller. It might be like three days or something like that in yeah. a year time period that we actually were working on shit. Right, right, right. Well, that's the goal. The goal is to be working on this shit all the time. That's why we're in this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like even if you it's like I feel like even if I just get the smallest thing done, you know, I, mean, I get like one line. Or something a day. Something. is it, you know. Sometimes I might sit down 20 minutes later. I have a whole song. I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah. <laughs> like, word. And then there's <laughs> other days where, like, you know, I don't, there's nothing that comes out for weeks. But just try and that's all you can really do. Yeah. Try, make, try is all you can do. And there's always other shit that you got to focus on. Life shit. Work. Family. School. Yeah. Depending on, like, what you're into. Everybody has other shit going on. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's story's different. So it's just a matter of staying persistent the best that you can absolutely you know what i'm saying yeah cool well yo we're getting close to the end but before we cut this whole motherfucker off why don't you let people know where they can find you on the internet and like where people can check out your shit they can find me on instagram or twitter my twitter handles nooch n-u-c-h 412 simple it's very simple. I mean, <laughs> tried to make it simple when I created it. Yeah. Um, Facebook, you can just type in Nooch, N-U-C-H, and my Facebook page or personal page will pop up, either or. Um, Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, Tidal. Got to think of all these names. Yeah, all the, all the, all the normal Napster, shit. all that. I'm on all that. SoundCloud. Um, trying to think what else. If there's a, if there's a, are there any streaming platforms that you aren't on? Hmm. I'm not, I can't think. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Look up Nooch on any streaming platform. And if you don't find the dude, get on his Twitter and let him know that he's not on that platform. So that works. you can get your shit on. There. That works. That works. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, YouTube, you got videos. Yep. Yep. All YouTube is uh, OBG TV. Or you could just type in Nooch. Either way, me or some Japanese woman will pop up. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So. so, yeah, take your guess on which one it is. The one that looks like this person or the Japanese woman. That I don't have a picture of the Japanese person. OBG TV. There you go. So, yeah, that's about it. So we're going to do my outro and then we will get the fuck out of here. Word. And that is all folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. One more time. Nooch 412. Check them out. Thank you for coming over, man. I really appreciate it. I'll be back again in a few days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2019. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening. Peace out. And we are done, my friends. Get that slow fade on the beat real quick. All right. And that's it, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Boom. Tight.